episode. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. How do you market evil? Have you ever considered that evil actually is marketed? And why would it be marketed when the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil? Not to hate people, but to hate evil. You see... Everything has been turned on its head. Now, we're told, no, you should not hate evil. You should support the evil in order to make people feel accepted because that's the only way you can show that you truly love them. You must accept everything they do, even if it's openly and notoriously contrary to the word, the will, and the ways of God. So how do you market evil? Is evil actually marketed, or is it something that just occurs by osmosis? It just uh, sort of occurs naturally, sort of in a Darwinian sort of a way. Well, the reality is it actually is marketed. And our guest today is going to show us exactly how that's done. But before he joins us, I want to read to you the words of the former Speaker of the House of Representatives in America. Her name Nancy Pelosi. Here's what she said. He was on tape. I have the exact words here, and I want you to listen very, very carefully. She summed up the strategy for marketing evil. Here's what she said. You smear the opponents with falsehood and lies. She states you demonize. It's called the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest. Then you merchandise it, that is, market it. You write it and say, it is reported in the press, this and this. So you have the validation that the press reported the smear. That's what's called a wrap-up smear. So we merchandise what the press has reported on the smear that we made. It's a tactic. A tactic of whom? She said it was a tactic of the Democrat Party. So again, I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk to transform. As David Kapilian is joining us here with his book, The Marketing of Evil. David, it's so good to have you on the program. Hey, Chuck, it's an honor to be with you on the air. Well, I'll tell you, David, you've been in this uh, this uh, business, shall we say. It's not really a business. It's uh, ministry. It is an effort to try to uh, put on the whole armor of God to protect, to reveal, to uh, reveal the deceptions that are taking place in our world, and particularly in the United States of America. Uh, you've been in this for a very long time. How long would you say that uh, uh, you've been in the uh, the forefront of the battle? Well, I've been a journalist for 40 years now. Uh, Ronald Reagan was president when I started in the early 80s, and it was morning in America, a very different time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing is the, the thing is that, um, you know, in journalism, they say, well, those who, what, when, why, where, how, and so forth. For me, the most important question has always been why. Why is the deepest question? Yes, it is. Question. 
Uh, and it's the one that can lead you to any answers because you need real understanding. And just to cut right to the quick of it, okay, you know, I, I'm a daily, uh, you know, a, a, a shoe leather journalist. There's politics, there's culture. What's happening in our country right now, like with, you know, cutting off body parts of little children and, and all the rest of it, cannot be really explained adequately politically, culturally, you know, ideologically, all these different things. They, they're not all separate. They, they overlap. Uh, but really, this is spiritual. This is good and evil stuff. And ultimately, that's what life is about. We are we are spiritual creatures. If you believe the Bible at all, you know, we, we, we are human beings are, are, are live in a spiritual dimension of good and evil. Animals are not, you know, kitty cats are not good and, and man-eating sharks are not evil. They, they're, they're, they're in a different... They just <laughs> are what they are. Uh-huh. Yeah. They got a nature and they're born with it. Human beings, there's this... this um, anyway, it goes, you know, goes back to Adam and so forth. But we live in the spiritual dimension, so evil is sort of very, well, what is the scripture says? He's prowling around like a lion mm-hmm. whom he may devour. Right. And he's devouring a lot these days. And so my, my interest has always been to drill down deep on the why. Why is this happening? Because America, uniquely, I would say, Oh, look, America has been the most Christian nation on earth for a long time. Not, mm-hmm. not right now, but traditionally. Um, it, it, and, and, and we grew up, you know, watching the 20th century was the, the bloodiest century in all of recorded history because of communism, basically. Um, all, all the deaths there. And, but we've, we, you know, we've been an oasis. America has. And now, all the good people, and there's still millions of them in America, are horrified to see what's happening to their country. Uh, it's just becoming, like, demonically possessed, if you want to put it that way. And I'm not trying to be too metaphorical. I, I think there's a lot of literal truth to well, that. Well, I, I agree uh, with that. And the problem is that, uh, and I think you went right for the, uh, the jugular right from the beginning, uh, journalists tend to focus on who, what, where and when, but they avoid getting into the why generally because they're afraid uh, that somebody will hold them responsible for a viewpoint that they don't want to express. And then when they do, they promote it uh, deceptively. The real issue, as you have said, is why. It's not who, it's not what, it's not where, it's not when, it's why. And if we avoid getting to that issue, uh, deception has its full sway with us. I'm convinced of that. I received a uh, a text the other day uh, from someone questioning my view concerning the matter of the coronation. And Albert Moeller had uh, written a piece concerning it, and they wanted to know what my view was. And here's my response, and I'd be interested to know your thought, because I think it goes to this whole issue of why. I said, I agree with his overall analysis. The coronation was largely a historical charade, a ritualistic pretense, much like an in memoriam, like America celebrating our valuing the Bible by putting it in a museum in our national capital after Congress over 30 years ago declared the year of the Bible because... 
As George Gallup later declared in Dallas, Americans no longer read or obey the Bible, though they claim to revere it. It seems that that lies at the very heart of what's going on in our country. As George Gallup said, we seem to revere the Bible, but we just don't obey it and don't even read it. What say you? I agree completely. The the uh, Look, in America, American history, there was a famous saying way, way back, no king but King Jesus. Yes. Remember that? And the, so the England, the UK, and Europe are really following much the same path as the U.S. in turning, you know, against their Christian heritage. Exactly. Uh, which ultimately is like a rebellion against God. So, yes, of course, it's a ritual. All right. We're going to pick up on that after this break, David. Hang in there. Thank you. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. What a delight it is to join you here on Viewpoint, as always, confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. For those of you who do not know, we have just completed 28 years on the air, five days a week, uh, preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour as we deal with the issues of our time from God's eternal perspective. And we appreciate so much uh, those of you who have been so supportive over uh, these many years and the new listeners that are coming on uh, just heard from two or three of them just in the last day or two uh, so encouraged and blessed by what they're hearing today we're talking with david Capillion, and uh, he has written a book called the marketing of evil how radicals elitists and pseudo experts are selling us corruption disguised as freedom and i want to make the book available to you before we go further uh, $17, we'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, David, let's talk about this matter of marketing. What I have talked about so for so long here on this program is that not only are we susceptible and being seduced by a marketing program that we haven't really realized uh, that that's really what was happening. We were being seduced. Uh, but this, the same, some of the same methodologies are being used even supposedly to drive ministry. It's a marketing, everything has become marketing so that we're diluting truth at every single level. Now, if we're doing that, even in our churches, then how is it that the American people purporting to be Christians in large measure can be prepared to resist or even identify evil when it's marketed to us 
uh, to seduce us into a whole new realm of mind, heart, and thinking. Yeah, I, boy, if you get me started on the church, uh, I just did. I, I I recently gave four copies of Eric Metaxas's book, Letter to the American Church, uh, to the you know pastors and elders and so forth. It's a church I go to. And it's a good church mm-hmm. and everything, but I think. Eric Metaxas has has it down about right. For anybody who doesn't know, he's basically comparing the American church with the German church during the 1930s, in other mm-hmm. words, in the run-up to, uh, to Nazi Germany. Yeah. And uh, he, he basically says that the vast majority of them just ducked and covered, and there's this possibly apocryphal story about singing the hymns louder while the train cars are going by carrying the Jews to the concentration camps. It, it's a metaphor, whether it actually happened like that mm-hmm. or not. Right. Uh, but there were there, there were certain pastors, like, of course, Bonhoeffer, who ended up being hanged by the Nazis for his role in the one of the 16 plots to assassinate Hitler. Uh, there were, you know, 3,000 pastors that, were, that opposed Hitler, 3,000 that openly sided with him, but the book is really about the other 12,000 that did nothing. Mm. And they watched this horrendous thing happen. So he's writing a book saying, we are doing the same thing in the American church. That's mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. condemn any particular church. He's talking about as a whole, some are better than others. Um, but yeah, and, and honestly, the you were talking about the marketing of evil. The, the original final and longest chapter in the book, okay, is about the church in right. America. It's the most important chapter. Yeah. It, it really is. It's, it's the most critical. important chapter. Yeah, because it's like, well, where's the answer? The answer has, look, it's like, what is it? I forget now. The, the numbers reduced down, but it's somewhere north of 70% of Americans um, self-identify as being Christians. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that includes like Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and all these these uh, sociopaths that are running yeah. running the country, so that you know, there's there's a lot of people in there that you wouldn't call really, uh, you know, gen- genuine Christians. Uh, but the, the, the we're, if if the church isn't a major part of the answer, then then what? I don't know what is, and so I don't want to give up on the church. Well, we don't want to give up. In fact, Christ isn't going to give up, but he did say that there was only going to be a small remnant that ultimately would follow him when push came to shove. And uh, that's the reality of the uh, biblical viewpoint, notwithstanding some uh, out there who are saying we're going to have such a monstrous revival that it's going to uh, uh, just basically overcome the whole world and the majority of people are going to be ushered into the kingdom of God. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us that. In fact, it tells us just the opposite, That, uh, as Jesus said. So uh, what we want to do is strengthen those who are uh, still purporting to follow the Lord. Otherwise, they are going to succumb. That's the warning of Scripture. All the warnings of Scripture, I believe, are directed to believers. Because Jesus said that the pagans are condemned already right there next to John 316. He says that. So the reality he's addressing his warmest audience. Paul is addressing the warmest audience. 
Peter yeah. is addressing the warmest audience. James, John, Jesus, they're all addressing the warmest audience, those who profess to be followers. The seven churches of Asia are all talking about representations of the end time, the then time, the now time, and the end time church. They're all warnings to us. So when you, in your final chapter, uh, are, are really focusing on this, uh, it caught my attention immediately. Your title is Lies, Truth, and America's Future. Now, Abraham Lincoln uh, made the statement that uh, this country was the last best hope of Earth. Now, if this country is the last best hope of Earth, what is the best hope of Earth? Yes, I I agree. This, there's no other place. There, there's no other, you know, like America is the worst country except for all the others. You know, that old <laughs> saying, you know, capitalism is the worst economic system except for all the others. Democracy is the worst system except for all the others. Right. You know, we're a fallen, broken mankind. But America, up until recently, when they're like cutting off little parts of children and so forth, okay, this has still been the greatest country with the most freedom, mm-hmm. the, most, we had the best constitution, the most rights, the most uh, just criminal justice system. All that is being undermined before our eyes right now. And I, as a as a news as a journalist, I'm forced, whether I want to or not, to be immersed in these things every day. And it's very sad what's happening. But, you know, if I can, can I jump on that lies thing? You talked about the last chapter, talking about lies. Sure, sure. Because we're going to we're going to focus on that even the more so here. So here's the thing. I give a few examples in there. And one one example I give, we have everything revolves around Donald Trump right now. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is Hitler. That is the big lie, okay? We heard this. Well, he's I, the, he's the boogeyman, him. right? He, it's, it's, it's worse than the boogeyman. Throughout his administration, he was compared with Hitler. Mm-hmm. The, 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 I mean, explicitly with Hitler. I, give, I cite all the examples of on-air personalities and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez calling the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the detainment centers down at the border. These are concentration camps. Right. Kids are forced to drink from toilets and, and all the rest. But all of you have media people, Democrats, openly comparing Trump to Hitler, his administration to the Third Reich. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, why would they do that? It's, it's not just because they hate him and mean tweets and they want to find the, the worst words to use to describe him. It's much more strategic than that. There's something about Hitler. If you were, Chuck, if you or I were unfortunate enough to live in Nazi Germany during the Third Reich, okay, let me ask you, okay, uh, and you could, let's say, cheat in an election and stuff a ballot box if it would save, like, six million Jews' lives, okay, would you cheat in that election? Of course you would. And anything other than that would be immoral. Would you... Would you lie in order to save millions of lives? Uh, would would you you know would would you steal? Look, as I said before, there were sixteen known plots to assassinate Hitler. The people involved in those plots today are all heroes. Uh, we we make Hollywood movies uh, with mm-hmm. uh, Tom Cruise or Valkyrie, you know, right? Uh, that the guy uh, I forget his name, but the Colonel von Stauffenberg, he's a hero. 
his grandchildren look at him as a great hero. He tried to blow up Hitler, okay? So all these people were heroes. And what is it like if you're trying to stop Hitler? There are no rules, just the way the left likes it. All right, so by implication, you're saying now uh, Trump was portrayed as Hitler because it would uh, result in such revulsion among people that they wouldn't be able to defend him in any way whatsoever. There would be no defense, and that would allow uh, the Democrat Party or any others, even even some Republicans, uh, to do whatever it would take, lies, lies, and more lies. They can steal elections. They can lie. They can look right into the TV camera, which means look into the eyes of millions of people and flat-out lie. Which that you have to be like a sociopath normally to do that. You have to have no conscience. But if you were in Hitler Germany and you lie and you're going to save 11 million people, if you count everybody, I, I quote from that that book uh, in in the last chapter. How, how do you how do you kill 11 million people by lying to them? Uh, the the you know it, it, as I said, there's no rules: lying, cheating, stealing, killing. Assassination. They tried to kill Hitler. Uh, steal elections. Anything goes. And that, when you're talking about the far left, the radical, revolutionary, Marxist, communist, whatever word you want to use, re- revolutionary left, they're, they're in complete rebellion against God. To start, well, we've started the conversation. Yes. No rules. Everything is your feeling. You hate Trump. You want things this way. You can do. There are no rules. And if you if you can. If you can make this thing fly, that Trump is Hitler, there's no rules. And that's what they did during the Trump administration. And they're still doing it. Every day there's a new indictment of, of Donald Trump or something that happened or didn't happen 30 years ago. Or, or All right. <laughs> let's let's take that a little bit further then, that analogy a little bit further, because we're still answering the question why. And I believe that the real ultimate reason why is because when Donald Trump came down that escalator to declare in 2015 his candidacy for the presidency, he made the statement, we're going to make America great again. That's where the MAGA thing came from. And those who heard it, virtually the entire Democrat Party and many within the Republican Party, including the whole Bush family, when they heard that, They said, no way, no how. This man is going to destroy everything that we've been working for to create a new global government and a new world order. We are not going to let him get by with it because we are on the near edge of fulfilling that which we have intended to do since the day that George Herbert Walker Bush in 1990 declared that we're giving birth to a new world order. I believe that's the ultimate why. It is so big, so serious, that the whole direction and trajectory of the world rests in their minds to defeat Donald Trump. Yeah, Chuck, that, that, that's spot on. Trump was a genuine threat to the swamp, the deep state, the global elites, the permanent ruling elite, the D.C. elite, whatever you want to call them, okay, and it's not just the U.S. It is global. Okay, yeah. uh, he he represented a genuine 
threat. He had the combination of of the skills, the the, the courage, the moxie. Uh, the wealthy doesn't need money, doesn't need payoffs from China or Ukraine. And you know what else, Chuck? He had a genuine love of America. They call him the blue-collar billionaire, you know, mm-hmm. was, you know building back when right. his dad was a builder, all that. Uh, they... He had, and he has a genuine. It's a genuine love for the U.S. military, for the the working man, all that. That's that's real. Yeah, okay. definitely not a perfect man. Definitely not yeah. historically a moral man. But could he well be the man of the hour to accomplish that? What no one else was willing to do. That's the big question before us. We're going into yeah. a break now. David Capillian joining us with his book, The Marketing of Evil. Uh, there's no way we're going to be able to get into all of this book, friends, but uh, it's important that you understand the dynamics that are taking place. It truly, evil truly is being marketed. $17, excuse me. We'll be right back. I'll tell you later. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint, my friends. We're talking today about the marketing of evil, how it is happening, why it is happening, and it's important that we understand that. We're talking with uh, David Kupelian, who is not just a journalist. Uh, he's the vice president managing editor of the online news uh, giant WND WorldNet Daily, which was the first uh, large Christian online news media uh, in fact, uh, I, I so value what its founder, Joseph Farah, has done and have done what I could to try to support uh, Joseph and that effort. Uh, David, you've been under tremendous assault for the past, uh, what, seven, eight years. Uh, the, the efforts out there, the marketers of evil have done everything they could to actually destroy WorldNet Daily, haven't they? Yeah, we, it's, uh, <laughs> the censorship and the, 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 the canceling thing we, we hear about, read about mm-hmm. is very real. And basically, if you are, if you are effectively spreading God's truth, they want to shut you down. You mentioned that we're on that daily, just to put a fine point on it, went from $15 million a year in gross income to $1 million a year in the course of a few years. It used to be an absolute huge powerhouse, over 50 employees. We're down to about 10 employees now. Uh, fortunately, you can do a lot on the Internet with a relatively few people, and we've got terrific people. They've all, I've been there for 24 years, mm. and most of us have been there for like 20 years or so. 
So it's still a powerful website, but yes, we Google and Facebook and being demonetized and suppressed and all that. We're not unique in that. Other conservative and Christian outlets have been attacked in the same way. But yeah, we we were the first <laughs> to be attacked as hard as uh, as we have been, and it, it hurts. But we're still here. Well, I give you uh, a kudos for your courage, for your faithfulness. Uh, it, uh, you guys have been a, a real blessing. I count. Uh, uh, Joseph Farah to be a friend, a, a, a dear Christian brother, and uh, we all share a very similar heart uh, for not only our country and the world, but for Christ himself, don't we? Amen. Okay, now, in 2005, I wrote a book called Renewing the Soul of America. It's probably our best-selling book. And in that book, there's a chapter called Nothing But the Truth. And I want to share a few uh, points from that particular chapter. First of all, in 1990, uh, Patterson and Kim, two advertising executives for the J. Walter Ponson Advertising Agency, came out with a book called The Day America Told the Truth. When I saw that book, I grabbed it. And I have kept it right next to my broadcast desk since then. Chapter four of that book is called American Liars. American Liars. His contention in 1990 was that Americans lie regularly, conscious premeditated lies, that 90 plus percent of Americans do that. Now, that was 1990. In 1992, The very year the Lord spoke to my heart as a trial attorney in California to leave the practice of law to plead God's cause in the land came these headlines. October 5th, 1992, the issue of Time magazine carried this headline, lying, everybody's doing it, honest. The lead article and cover story was called Lies, Lies, Lies. On July 13th, 1992, Newsweek, not to be outdone, headlined Sea of Lies. Sea of Lies, talking about what our own government was doing to deceive the American people. It seems that lying has become an integral part of what it means to be an American. And if that be true, then how in the world are we prepared to resist the marketing of evil, uh, David? Well, good question. I mean, lying, I mean, there's so many aspects to it. First of all, you have, as I mentioned before, you have the kind of conscienceless sociopath types, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, the, the Chuck Schumer types, okay, mm-hmm. who are able to look right into the camera and lie and be comfortable with it. What's going on in their mind? Who, who you can't really know. Uh, some people lie because they're in trouble. You know, I, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Ms. Lewinsky. Okay, so Clinton <laughs> lied because he was in trouble. Okay, mm-hmm. but you have other people like his wife Hillary, who who lie because they love lying. In other words, and Biden is like that. They they make it. They're not in trouble. They just love to make up lies because. You know, you know the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Remember that I, when yeah. I was a little kid, mm-hmm. 
James Thurber story about this guy who is the cover has him standing on the back of a lion and he's he's just making up all these stories about himself. That's that's our president. Yeah. You know, he's like at one week he grew up in a black church. The next week he grew up over in, in, a, in a Hispanic church. And the next week he had a full scholarship over this college. And. It's insane because the college, these are, these are verifiable things. College says, uh, actually, no, <laughs> you didn't, you know, <laughs> but they, they, you become so comfortable with lying that your conscience becomes, it becomes like inactive after a while. Well, and, you know, we, that came out during the, uh, the heart of the COVID issue when he stood before the American people on television and over and over proclaimed, you have to get this vaccine because if you get the vaccine, it will prevent you from getting COVID, and it will prevent you from transmitting COVID. Actually, both of those statements were unequivocally untrue. Untrue. And yet that's what he said. Why did he say it? To market the vaccine. It was all about marketing. So what is it about marketing that's taken over the American mind and heart. We find that even well, in our churches. We find pastors who will tell the people certain things that they think will make the people feel better about them or enable them to build a bigger church or raise more money for this building and so on, but they won't tell the whole truth. Isn't that a form of dishonest marketing? Of, of course it is. And, you know, you mentioned earlier seduction, you used the word seduction, uh, which, of course, that kind of brings us back to the Garden of Eden, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. They were seduced. Seduction is what we're talking about. It goes hand in hand with another technique, which is intimidation. Mm-hmm. They, a lot of this is, and, and they go together. It's not like one or the other. Um, you, can be, you can be softened up with intimidation. And then you you kind of believe the lie in order to to uh, rescue yourself. Uh, look, it's just I know there's limited time. I think we can we can cut right to a bottom line on some of this. Is that um, we, we are promised in the Bible that there's a thing called persecution. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, you know one of the most popular books during the Middle Ages was Fox's Book of Martyrs. Oh, I have, uh, I think I have four copies of it. (laughs) I mean, for centuries, that was the most popular book next to the Bible among the, uh, let's say, the Protestant Mm -hmm. uh, world. Yes. And why is that? It's it's to provide encouragement, because these people, they have their eyes on the next world, and, and they were, they were, going to be faithful to the end, as all the apostles were, you know, basically. How to be able to stand uh, in the evil day and having done all to stand to stand. Yes. And a lot, you talk about, you know, pastors and people and so forth. People, we, we I understand it. I'm human. I, I, I have feelings. I don't want, I don't like suffering either. But we are called, if you've read the Bible at all, okay, you read all of the apostles, they all say, Jesus himself said, in this world you'll have tribulation. Mm-hmm. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. All of them said, you know, count it all joy when you meet with diverse tribulations and trials because this is going to be good for you and help you and prepare you uh, for the kingdom and so forth. I'm just paraphrasing. But <clears throat> we're warned that this is part of this life. And if you can't stomach that, 
with with joy, and I, I, this is you know easier said than done. Okay, this is a real challenge for all of us. Sure. Us, okay, and that's uh, why we need to be prepared. That's one reason why uh, so regularly here on this program we are preparing the way of the Lord. We're trying to help people to be strong in the Lord, the power of His might, not just giving them non-negotiable uh, "God bless yous" and a few uh, spiritual Twinkies. Yes, that's right. So um, it's it's the, the the more that the 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 personal faith in God and the cultural larger you know societal faith in God because it's self it's reinforcing okay if others are following the Ten Commandments and are are being faithful and living moral lives then then you know then then it's easier for for individuals mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of this look. A lot of this whole we talk, you can talk in things in terms of the, the, uh, uh, you know, the the Marxist neo-Marxist revolution going on, mm-hmm. progressive, liberal Democrats, whatever. Uh, a lot of it comes down to there's God and His moral laws, including His sexual laws regarding sexuality, His commandments, and then there's rebellion against that. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's very simple then, things, isn't it? What we're talking yeah, about, the marketing of evil that, yeah. is against God. It's counterfeit to Christ, and therefore it is an anti-Christ spirit. But a p- part of us knows that it's wrong, so we have to be seduced into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. That's why, we're, that's why we're ordaining, you know, uh, transgender ministers and churches and, 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 and do, conducting same-sex marriages and all that. You know, the Bible, there's no—it's not like it's subtle what the Bible says about homosexuality. It uses, you know, words like abomination and detestable, and this is not like, well, what does it really mean there? I can't mm. quite understand. Yeah. It's pretty clear, both in the Old and New Testament, what, what God, through his, his prophets, is saying. Well, this is the reason why the coronation was such a charade. Uh, it was a charade because the Archbishop of Canterbury— does not believe what the Bible says and has actually uh, decided to ordain, shall we say, everything that God says he hates in order to pander to the culture and to pander to King Charles. That, my friends, is dangerous. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Uh, 
Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint, friends. Uh, we're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home right here on the program today with our special friend and guest, David Kapillion, uh, veteran journalist of uh, over 40 years, with his book, The Marketing of Evil. And uh, I, I have some questions, very practical questions for you, David. Uh, you're married, right? I am. And how long have years. you been married? Yes, thir- 35 years and a couple months. Good for you. And uh, you have some children? I do. How old are they? Few, uh, they're in their 30s. Uh-huh. I got oh. a couple couple grandchildren. Okay. So uh, this issue that you're talking about here is visceral for you. This is not some theoretical kind of thing because... Your marriage has been under assault by the marketing of evil. Your children have been under assault by the marketing of evil. Your grandchildren are under assault by the marketing of evil. So what are you doing other than being a journalist? How are you handling this as a husband, as a father, and as a grandfather? Good question. You know, um, apropos of that, the... The most recent article I wrote, which, by the way, your listeners can go to my 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 uh, article website, which has all the articles I've written in the last quarter century. Okay, mm. um, is at my, it's davidcapellian.com. So David K U P E L I A N dot com. Mm-hmm. That's that's my 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 article archive. The most recent article up there, they're in reverse chronological order. The most recent one is about America's school system, the public school system. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I homeschooled our children. Okay, um, I don't think they mind me saying this on the air. They were both virgins when they got married. Mm-hmm. They're both really cool, Christian, conservative, smart kids. They're still my kids. Of okay? course, they're, they're your kids. Uh, so they're they're incredible. Yeah. Their IQs are about right. what two hundred and forty six. At least that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but here's the thing. So the grandchildren, okay, uh-huh. one is four and one was born two weeks ago, okay? Mm-hmm. So they have absolutely no intention of sending those kids to the public school system. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, and I don't want to step on toes and hurt anybody's feelings, okay? But if you go to that, what I just said, davidcapellian.com, the, the title of the article is The Greatest Betrayal of Our Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's about 2,000 words on the public school system, very hyperlinked, full of, I'm not just saying, well, they're teaching our children to literally hate our country. No, I have links to show there's just 6,000 uh, schools that are using this particular Hate America curriculum, et cetera. Okay, mm-hmm. it goes through all the, the transgender craze and all the rest of it. And in the, in the end, I asked myself the same question you just asked. What can we do? And I'm basically saying, number one, you need to, you know, speak the truth, believe the truth, speak the truth, courageously, with love, not hate. That will keep you sane, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you need to protect your family, and you need to basically find a... Um, you, you, you simply have to find some. I mean, I live out 
in, in, in the rural part of the country where it's, it's more sane. Okay. Um, you have to get a and, helicopter to get there? No. Okay. Just checking. No, no right, right off. <laughs> five, yeah. No, no. The, the, the point is that you, you, you cannot sacrifice knowingly your children to this sort of what mm-hmm. a lot of people call a soft communist revolution going on. So grown-ups, we can handle more. We can, we, you, you don't want to be angry. You don't want to, you know, I mean, you don't want to get violent and so mm-hmm. forth. You can right. be righteously outraged, okay? But your children, they are vulnerable, okay? I remember James Dobson years ago gave a speech, and he said, children are like stem cells. They become like what they are around. You know how stem mm-hmm. cells work. Oh, yeah. Then a brain becomes a brain cell. In your heart, it becomes a heart cell. Your children, if you put them in a, a woke school, they're going to come out, you know, saying, well, I'm non-binary and I hate America because it's got slaves and all the rest of it. And say, okay, you've lost your children. Okay. Again, I don't mean to be harsh here. Okay. I, I openly encourage people to take their kids out of public school and to don't tell me that, oh, I, I've gone to back to school night and I've met the teachers. They're great. And I, I, my, the, the principal's a Christian. They're great. I, I say, you're dreaming. Okay. You need to wake up. Mm-hmm. You need to find out what is really going on where your children are spending the majority of the early years of their life. They have become basically regime indoctrination centers, very little different from what goes on like in China and so forth. Which is and exactly what like the founder of the public schools uh, back in the 1800s had in mind. Yes. I, actually, I, I have a chapter in The Marketing of Evil um, that goes back to the late 1800s, mm-hmm. back to the Reconstruction era after the Civil War, when these progressives first had these great ideas. These, these are godless people. And remember, if you're godless, everything changes. It's not just, well, I don't believe in God, but everything else. No, everything changes. The way mm-hmm. you see life, the way you see morality, the way you see the purpose of life. And, the, and, and you know, the schools, they... they the Democrats believe that your parents, you don't have any right to your children and, and to decide what your children are taught. I'm, excuse me? <laughs> these, these are my children, mine and God. Well, you yeah. know, this uh, goes back, I remember, about uh, 35, 40 years ago, 45 years ago, actually. I thought I was going to uh, get a master's in education. I was a public school teacher at that time. And uh, I learned a Latin phrase. That stuck with me. It's called in loco parentis, in the place of the parent. And what was being taught uh, to public school teachers is you are in the place of the parent. Today, that really is believed. You are the parent, and the parent has no rights once they go to school. You are the parent, and uh, it's a very, very dangerous situation, isn't it? Yeah. And that's, and that's why Donald Trump says they don't really hate me. It's you they hate. In other words, the middle class, uh, Judeo-Christian, normal, uh, you know, center-right, vast American middle class. Uh, that that that's what they hate. That's what they're at war with. And that's a hard pill to swallow. But everything that the the you know the the, the Christian American living and breathing and dying middle class has. Uh, has believed and followed for decades. That is what the elites are at war with, and that's why Trump is such a, a threat. Yeah, well, it is true. 
even though he is definitely not perfect, not morally perfect historically or even currently probably, but uh, he is willing to stand when others were not willing to stand, including our pastors. Seventeen dollars for a lot. What's that? I said courage counts for a lot. Oh, it does. In fact, the uh, famous philosopher Gady said courage lost, all lost. And he's right. The book, friends, The Marketing of Evil by David Capillion, $17. We'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Uh, give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 2. Three two five five. You're writing a check at five dollars for postage and handling. Now, David, before we wrap up, I want to ask you a few other questions. Uh, you're you've been buried for thirty five years, and uh, you're dealing with all of these issues like I am every single day. Uh, is your wife able to handle your conversation and so on? Uh, how do you how do you deal with your wife with regard to all the things now that you know? Uh, is she troubled by those? Does she say, well, I don't really want to hear that or I don't need to hear it? How do you handle that? It's a good question, actually. Uh, well, she, I know because look, my she, wife does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, is, she is a faithful, growing Christian. And I would put it this way. She wants to know the, the top line of like what is going on, okay? Not all of the details, the gory details of yeah, what's going on. Exactly. Because it is kind of oppressive. And I'm I'm used to it. Okay, mm-hmm. you get used to what you do, and I can kind of keep a force field up there uh, around me. But it, it is, you know, I get emails regularly from people who say uh, they can't watch the news or read the news anymore. Christians who say I, I just it's too it's too horrible to read it anymore. So things that are really important uh, that I know she'll be interested in or that could affect us, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, they're freezing all the bank accounts or something like that. Yes. Believe me, I, she would know about it. But uh, all all the details uh, of of the, of the day's yeah. horror, you know, I try to shield her from. Yeah, as a as a good husband, you're you're protecting your wife, but not from everything. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. Now we have a mutual friend, uh, Joseph Farah, the founder of WorldNet yeah. Daily, for who has been your employer for many many years. Uh, two or three years ago, he had a major major stroke. How's he doing? Uh, he is recovering. He actually had five strokes, you know, many strokes, but the last one is the one that did him in to the point, well, just to, just to put, make it graphically, I probably did not talk to him for a year after mm-hmm. that last stroke. That's how out he couldn't speak. And he would say this to you himself. He said, I just spoke gibberish. His wife, Elizabeth, had to use children's flashcards. Oh, my. Some words come back. That's how much it affected him. Uh, he is back a lot. He would be the first to say he's not all back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have his talk show chops. He, he, he can't do what I'm doing right now and go on. He doesn't do any, any media, but I talk to him often. Mm-hmm. He has a terrific historical memory of what's going on. His faith is intact. He mm-hmm. is actively involved in everything with WND. I've, I've basically run the day-to-day operations mm-hmm. for the last four years or so, I've been the managing editor. I've been managing for for a long time, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he has more and more come back in. So he, and the most, and I praise God for that, to bring him back, and we pray that he will bring him back more. Uh, 
but his faith is completely intact. Uh, so how's his wife Elizabeth doing? She's doing great. She's she's actively involved in the things that uh, that that we're doing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe even more so now. She had to step in in some ways. So we've got mm-hmm. uh, everybody here is is a believing serious Christian, uh, and that helps us to you know deal with all the incredible attacks uh, uh, on us that are just, I, I mean, you know, we, I, I write a lot of, like, fundraising donation emails and stuff because mm-hmm. you have to do that because right. big tech has destroyed the traditional advertising-based model. For, well, that's why for, we have never adopted that. an advertising basis here because I knew that it would uh, completely uh, put the pressure on us as to what we could say or what we could not say. And uh, it's made it difficult, but, uh, you know, the, the Lord provides, so we thank you for yep. that. So if you were to make one last uh, statement, one last uh, word of encouragement to our listeners today, David, what would you say? You know, Chuck, I would like to mention what I end the book with in the new chapter, because it's very hopeful. Bernard Nathanson who was the basically the founder of, of the abortion movement, the doctor. Mm-hmm. He ran the largest abortion clinic in the country. Right. I interviewed him for an hour and a half in 1991, way back when he was still a self-professed Jewish atheist. Mm-hmm. But he had left the abortion movement because he saw through the you know ultrasound and other means, he said, my God, what am I doing? This is my patient. This is not a lump of tissue. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, as most people know, he came to the Lord. He converted to Christianity. Um, the, uh, he joined the Catholic Church. John Cardinal O'Connor, mm-hmm. you know, anointed him then. So there's hope. There's hope. He so if Nathanson could, could come back to the Lord, then there's hope for everyone else. That's the point, yeah. <laughs> David, thank you so much. Uh, giving you a holy hug here because of your faithfulness over these years. Thanks for joining us here and giving us your time to talk about Uh, the marketing of evil, but also uh, the hope that lies ahead. Again, friends, $17 on our website, saveus.org. David, we need to have you send us a couple of books, if you would. And, uh, friend, please, seriously consider becoming a partner with us day after day. We're confronting the deepest issues of America's heart and home, preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Go to the website, make your gift that way. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. And let's resist. Do not be seduced by the marketing of evil. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.